With great power comes a great beat beat. Episode 217 for February 2013. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. An example of those great prices is on Avenging Spider-Man number 19. In this one, Spock teams up with Sleepwalker. In case you didn't know, he's a character from the 1990s. He had a solo book. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. I particularly liked the book a lot. Anyway, the cover price for this team-up is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Welcome back, gang. We start this show with the gang discussing the new plot synopsis of the Amazing Spider-Man 2 movie. Sony released a really brief synopsis of what Amazing Spider-Man 2... By the way, that's the name of the movie. That's official. That makes total Amazing sense. Spider-Man 2. They're not going spec or anything. It's just Amazing Spider-Man Well, I guess 2. they feel like they've got to uh, make sure they that people understand which franchise it's a part of, and the only real differentiation at this point is the word Amazing. True. Uh, let's see. The In the Amazing Spider-Man 2, for Peter Parker, life is busy between taking out the bad guys and Spider-Man spending time with the person he loves, Gwen. High school graduation day can't come quickly enough. Peter hasn't forgotten about the promise he made to Gwen's father to protect her by staying away, but that's a promise he just can't keep. Things will change for Peter when a new villain, Electro, emerges. An old friend, Harry Osborn, returns, and Peter uncovers new clues about his past. So, what do you guys, Kev, everybody, what do you guys think of that synopsis? I love how they call it a plot synopsis when it tells you, like, a little bit of the setup. A plot synopsis would be, you know, what happens in the movie. Frankly, Jamie Foxx gave us more of a plot synopsis when he <laughs> uh, somehow spilled, apparently, the whole story of Electro in the movie. Um, right. I don't know. The biggest thing that I found interesting about that, actually, was, uh, and this is tying into another news topic, um... If you look, who were, was it Marvel or Sony or both that released this plot synopsis? It was Sony on their Facebook page is where that Okay, so it was Sony that released this plot synopsis. On the top of it, there's a cast list. And in the end of the cast list, it includes Paul Giamatti. Now, we got a story that Paul Giamatti was in talks to play the Rhino in Amazing Spider-Man 2, but they would not put somebody on their official cast list if they weren't confirmed. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like Paul Giamatti is actually confirmed to do the Rhino in Amazing Spider-Man 2. So that's actually the most the most interesting part of that whole thing to me. I mean, it is uh, also an interesting point that Harry Osborn isn't going to be introduced as like somebody that he meets at college or in high school, but somebody who is an old friend that's returning. Right. That's that's definitely an interesting point. Um, sounds a little bit Ultimate Spider-Man, but that's not surprising. Um. Should be Sounds like he, he's going to be like a senior or something as high school's ending, 
in in two, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, really, this the synopsis, if you look at it, doesn't tell us a whole lot. Oh, he's been dealing with villains. Oh, he's been dealing with school. Oh, he's going out with Gwen. We got all that. I mean, it's right. A, it's Spider-Man, and B, from the end of Amazing Spider-Man 1, it was... All that's pretty obvious. Um, the the big stuff is Electro, which we knew. Um, and again, Jamie Foxx told us a lot more about that. And <laughs> uh, and apparently Paul Giamatti. My question is, obviously, Paul Gia- or the Rhino hasn't been mentioned as part of the story, so I, I'm kind of wondering if it's like... Uh, when the Raimi films were being made, fans were always saying, why don't you at least just use, like, the Shocker as somebody for him to beat on at the beginning? You know, it doesn't right. have to be a main villain, just put him in there. I'm wondering if they want to use the Rhino that way. I, that's what I assume. I don't think you can make an hour and a half movie out of the Rhino. Although it's interesting that I can't imagine they would cast Paul freaking Giamatti to be the guy that gets beat up at the beginning. So right. there's got to be something more to it. But I feel like Electro is going to be the main villain of this. It's going to be an Electro story and Rhino is going to be used more as muscle in there somewhere. Right. Yeah. Anybody other thoughts? Well, I, I certainly hope that uh, Peter Parker is being re- getting ready to graduate high school, considering <laughs> he's only 30 friggin' years old. So. Yeah. Okay, a question. Here's... What did I miss? I, I was kind of off the, off the grid for a second. Nothing. Um, <laughs> nothing really. <laughs> We're just talking about ama- your, your topic about Amazing Spider-Man 2 plot synopsis. And there was another uh, actor that's been cast, and they're they're suggesting he's Norman Osborn, Jr. Colm Fiore. I just put a link to his, what he looks like in the in the chat window there. Uh, he's been cast. We don't know who he's going to play. Uh, what do you think of him being Norman Osborn just from his picture, Jr.? Um, I you know it's funny. He's one of those actors who you say, oh, it's that guy, but you never realized right. he had a name. Um, I, I've, he can definitely be Norman. I mean, I don't remember. I, the only thing I remember vaguely seeing him in was a, an episode of Law and Order. Uh, Law and Order. Law and Order. <laughs> S- right. SVU. Um, but uh, I, I think he's. Uh, I, I, I think he could play Norman. I don't. I don't really. I'm not really worried. About also, that. the talk is that the that Harry Osborn will be the Goblin, or Venom, one of the two. Wow. I don't like either, either of one those. of those. Good. I agree. I agree. I don't. I don't, so, I don't think Harry's. I don't think Harry's going to be the villain. We're already talking about Electro and the Rhino, and uh, you know, even Michael Morbius is making an appearance, isn't he, Kev? <laughs> no. No. Uh, no, no. He, he isn't Michael. The character Michael Morbius making a very brief appearance on the van. No, Vampire. that was um, a guy. An, a, a supposed actor on Twitter said that he got cast as Morbius, and then uh, oh. that was debunked, and then it turned out. It, People looked at his IMDb page, and he was claiming to have been in a lot of movies that he wasn't in, uh, which basically got him blacklisted in Hollywood for the rest of his life. Yeah, that was that was kind of a joke. Yeah, that was stupid of that guy. That's that is the last thing an actor ever wants to do. It's like the it's like the comic book artist who was passing himself off as Art Adams. Like, oh, people liked my work when they got it, though. Well, douchebag, that's not how you do it. God damn. Uh, but I'm going to go on uh, record saying I don't think Calm Fior is Norman Osborn. I doubt it. Just a back... back. Uh, it, it could be expert. any character. Like when, uh, you know, the, the Indian guy in Amazing Spider-Man 1 was cast, and we got his name, and we were all like, oh, he's the proto-goblin! But in, right, in reality, right. he's just a character. I think yeah. the fact that they yeah. announced that Calm Fior got cast, and they didn't announce who he was, means it's probably not somebody we actually recognize. Yeah, right. It's John Smith, the Electro's assistant. <laughs> <or somebody. laughs> uh, is he going to start singing to Pocahontas? Right. 
Oh, I, uh, I like this. See also James Franco not impressed by the Amazing Spider-Man. Well, you know what, James Franco? No one was impressed with your appearance at the Oscars either. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and check and mate for JR. That's awesome. Uh, Paul Giamatti, Kevin hit up about this. Does, you, I don't really think of him as the Rhino, but he's a good actor. Yeah, I, I never would have thought of him for the Rhino, but there are two points in his favor. Number one being he is a great actor, he's an Oscar nominee for a reason, uh, and number two being he wants the role. I, I never would have suspected yeah, it better. There's a quote from him from two years ago saying that he just loved the Rhino as a kid, thought he was the coolest character, and if they ever did him in a movie, he would be right there to do it. And yeah. I don't think anybody else in the world, any other actor would be that into the idea of playing the rhino. And that that's a great thing when somebody is that uh, somebody's that into the role. That can only be good. And you can't go wrong with two Academy Award-nominated uh, actors playing the villains in the next movie. You can't go wrong with that. Although it uh, – let's try to forget that his sideways castmate, who was also nominated for an Oscar for that, um, played Sandman in Spider-Man 3 – Anyway, yeah, I seem to remember Brad dissing the idea of an Academy Award-winning actress playing Aunt May because she wasn't old and feeble enough. Oh, I just don't get you as Aunt May. I'm sorry, Jr. or Frog from Smokey and the Bandit. When I think of Aunt May, I don't think of her and Burt Reynolds in a Trans Am. I mean, <laughs> Brad, you may not have realized how many years have passed since then. You've gotten older, and so is she. Oh, no, still frog and the Trans Am, dude. <laughs> is that is that Ava we hear in the background? Yes, that's Ava in the background. Say hello to Zach. Say hi, Zach. Now you're quiet. What's that about? <laughs> Say hello, Jr. Oh, you're being shy. What? You're on. She's sitting on my lap, and she's. I'm muting as she's singing to me a little bit. Now she won't talk. Well, if you hear, if you hear some random. What do you think of Paul Giamatti as the Rhino, Ava? Oh, she's covering her face. She doesn't like it. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. I just heard, like, I thought I heard a little girl's voice, and I was like, I have to ask Brad if that's Ava. I wasn't that, sure what I was hearing. Good call. Um, I think this is her first appearance on the show, by the way, Brad. And we'll move on. So, uh... So, what's the next news topic, guys? Um, anybody got did any we news? actually did, did we actually read the plot summary? Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I commented on it because, you know, frankly, <laughs> who do you want commenting on that, me or you? Oh, uh, Mark. <laughs> just kidding, Zach. Mark Webb's Twitter hints. It lo- Are you excited for Mark Webb's Twitter hints? Yes, I am too. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm right here. Yes, I know I've been on the phone talking Spider Man. It sounds like you're hours. squeezing her to make her talk or something. I mean. <laughs> I am squeezing her to make her say that. Uh, Web Twitter hints. He's got a Twitter account. He's released three, four images so far of uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 2. The one everybody's looking at is Locker14 with the hashtag Happy Birthday. Uh, If you go by the Ultimate comic, the Venom suit was in the locker that his dad helped create. What do you think of that, guys? I think Get Real. It's just a picture of a locker. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I kind of think it's like um, Marissa Tancherowen, who's one of the executive producers on the Shield TV show, keeps tweeting pictures from the set, and you know, it's all like joking, like, "Yeah, these are big hints," but it's like 
the director's chair, and oh, there's a shield sign on the wall, and look at this piece of ground. I don't think it's really, like, huge hints to what's going to happen. I think it's, hey, I'm taking pictures on the set. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's true. And uh, if, if we're speculating on pictures, that Oscorp circular thing, could that be possibly how Electro gets his stuff? Maybe that's part of the, the thing that uh, gives him the electric juice? Because I don't think he's going to be up on a telephone pole like in the comics. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> gets zapped. Uh, and also, the another Twitter thing that uh, Mark Webb did was uh, someone asked him, or he's talking about how Spider-Man is building a massive Spider-Man universe, and Mark Webb tweeted back, think bigger. And many people are speculating that they're going to tie the Amazing Spider-Man universe into the Marvel universe, including the Avengers, etc. How do they do that? Uh, not legally. <laughs> well, no, I, I think if they come to an agreement, Sony and Walt Disney... See that happen, like, Brad? Well, why not? <laughs> Uh, Does Sony want to make money? Or is Sony going bankrupt? Is Sony in mean financial Think bigger trouble? than a Spider-Man universe. Maybe he meant think bigger than a universe. He's building a Spider-Man multiverse, and we're going to get alternate versions of Spider-Man. Yeah. And Kevin's on crack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how do they? How do they prove that Spider-Man's in, a, in the big universe? Do we have a Quinjet flyby? I mean, what, what, what's any suggestions how we do that? Are there any? What? That would be would be such a, a little Easter egg. It would be like a little moment of joy for a fan that's not. I, I don't think is really that worth speculating on for hours. Yeah, Chris, what were you gonna say? Marvel characters that are licensed by Sony that aren't Spider-Man. Well, you could have Ghost Rider swing by. That's the only one Sony has. Sony still got Sony was Ghost Rider really. I thought that was, I think, like, New Line or some shit. Who has Ghost Rider? I swear Sony, it's Sony. Sony has Ghost Rider. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That, that, that's that's why they made that uh, Ghost Rider 2, so they could keep the rights. Even that's though no, exactly. even though nobody was asking for a Ghost Rider 2, they made one anyway. <laughs> yeah. They had... Did, did they have uh, Daredevil? No, that I was think? Fox. That was Fox, Okay. I guess Sony bought Spider-Man and Ghost Rider. That's all they bought. That was really great planning on their part. <laughs> That's a pretty big one. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's see. What? Any other topics on the on the uh, the movie that's come out that we haven't hit up? Not that I can have. I'm scrolling down. I just the only other thing I think that's been announced is there's a hot English girl in talks for an unspecified part. So yay, hot English girls, and there you yeah. go. Okay, and I think that's all of the news. Oh, no, end of Comic Buyer's Guide with me. The only people I think that bought the the magazine was JR. Did you buy Comic Buyer's Guide back in the day? No, I did not. Well, hell, this is going to be fun. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Has anybody picked up Comic Buyer's Guide? This is why they're ending, unfortunately. Um, I did. Oh, you did? Well, you and I can talk about it. Tell me, well, tell me you bought P- Comic Buyer's Guide. I bought Comic Buyer's Guide because Peter David mentioned me in it. Oh, <laughs> you have one issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have one That's issue. hilarious. That's hilarious. Did you buy any more than the issue he talked about you in it? Uh, I did not. I, 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 it was it was cool. I, I mean, it was a cool magazine, but I just... Well, let me give you a little history of Comic Buyer's Guide. Comic Buyer's Guide came out, I think, in in the early 70s, like 71 or something like that. And essentially, it eventually became a weekly magazine. And this, back in the 70s and the 80s, 
there was no internet, there was no email. Uh, if you want to talk comics, you had to do it at school or a buddy on the phone or something like that. But Comic Buyer's Guide, in my opinion, it, it was one of the best things back in the day. I looked for, I, I first picked it up in 1987, I think at like a Walden Books or something like that, and I was amazed that there was a weekly comic book newspaper. So in 88, as a Christmas gift, my mom got me a subscription, and every week I would look forward to going down to the mailbox and, and reading my comic buyer's guide. And I, it had Marvel news. I remember the, before the previews, everybody is so spoiled what they can look at the previews of the covers of the comics coming out. In comic buyer's guide, every week they would have a page of what the covers look like. And I was was excited to see what Marvel's covers were like. And I, I remember the first issue in the 1990, getting that first black and white pick, or that peak of uh, Todd McFarlane's number one uh, Spider-Man with all the webs. And that's still a beautiful cover. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm so excited. And Peter David in the back, since 1990, has written his But I Digress column, which is always... Always entertaining, and he's put together a couple collections. If you go to Amazon, I imagine you can find both of those. Uh, but uh, at the beginning of the month, in January or last month, uh, they, they folded shop. And I'd say like in 1999, uh, they went from the weekly newspaper format to a once-a-month paper. And um, it, slowly you could see it deteriorating over the last 10 years. The, the page count went down to, I'd say, like 40 or 50 pages, and yet the price did not. I think it was like six bucks off the newsstand for this thing. Uh, but the subscription slowly diminished, and, and I, I forget who's the publisher of this. I think Krauss or something like that uh, decided that uh, they're going to they're gonna end it with it, uh, issue number 1699. Yeah, 1699. And there wasn't time for anybody to say goodbye. It was just a standard issue. They'd planned on going to the next one. Peter David uh, submitted a reprint of a previous column, and, and unfortunately he had that stroke around Christmas time. So he really, after writing it for 20-plus years, didn't have a good goodbye column in this long-running uh, comics magazine. I mean... So I, I'm just sad that uh, something that I've had a subscription to for 25 years is ending. I mean, this is a bit of comic history, and, and bef this is pre-internet, and this uh, helped seal my love of comic books, and I'm just sad to see it go. I mean, JR, never never in your history never picked this up, huh? No. No. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just I I just feel to to echo kind of Kevin's comment that was in the window. I feel like I'm just listening to an old man ramble about something that uh you know is uh, happened a long time ago and that I have no relation have no uh, personal relationship with. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, like I guess I'm getting my table turned on me for a time. I like um but what did you do for comic news back in the day, JR pre-internet? <sighs> Well, um, that's a good question. Uh, uh, pro probably. Well, no, there, there used to be a magazine called Comic Scene uh, that was published by the Starlog Group. Uh, there was some of that. Uh, mostly, it was just uh, burn stealing a whole lot of stuff in the uh, in the college uh, in the college uh, Rite Aid or CVS or whatever it was, you know. <laughs> so I I don't remember, you know. 
I think it was comic scene. That was the only thing I read because I was trying to think. They had an inter- one of them had an interview with Roger Stern, um, but no. I remember, I remember it's comic scene also. I did. I didn't really subscribe to that. I, I was more of a comic buyer's guide, but um, and and this lasted longer than Wizard. I mean that that just the internet killed it. I think. I mean, the internet's killing print in general. Yeah, is, this is just another classic example, and this. It, yeah. The way that it was, what sixteen ninety nine is the last issue. Yeah, they had almost seventeen. Wow, you you mean you couldn't? They couldn't have you know eked out one more month and ended on a seventeen hundred. I know that, and and a goodbye issue at that. Right, exactly. And, and I, I got something in my email that said, "Congratulations, you now are a subscriber to Antique Trader." I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't want Antique Trader. I want my comic buyer's guide, and, and or your and, money back. You know, I mean, the rest of your subscription money back. That's just stupid. I had, I had three bad. three years on this mag left still, so I called them up and they eventually gave him or they're allegedly sending my money through the mail. In the meantime, this past week I got my first issue of Antique Trader, <laughs> and uh, that's well, that's better. I mean, Wizard never did give me my money back. I had a couple of years left on that subscription too. I, uh, yeah, you guys are probably more familiar with the Wizard than Comic Buyer's Guide, I would think. Right. But uh, all right, that was my goodbye to Comic Buyer's Guide. Had a had a ton of that stuff back in the day. I loved think you it. should play some sad music when you're talking about this. Dude, dude. <laughs> have, uh, have the right. classic Hulk theme that used to be the outro. Da, 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 da. Just lay that over my whole comic buyer's guide goodbye because I love that, love that thing. Loved it, yeah. loved it. Mark Evanier, also one of my favorite writers in that mag or in that uh, magazine. He he left a few years ago. Has his own website blog that I read it daily. I like that a lot, too. What's it called? All right. It's time for Spider Satellites with Kevin. Oh, hey. We've gotten through absolutely everything else, and now this is all we've got left? You're what we call in the biz the closer. <laughs> You're Damn closer. And let's go through what the hell went down in the satellites this month. Well, no worries, guys. Uh, there's only three to go through, because uh, when me and Brad Wait, filmed the segment late last time, I tossed in the, like, first week's worth of satellites from January, and that was half of them, it turns out. Um, so all we've got now is Scarlet Spider, Avenging Spider-Man, and, yeah, Venom. So, uh, we're going to get right into it with Scarlet Spider number 13. And this one, Kane is still hunting down human traffickers, as you might remember was touched off in uh, number 12.1. Uh, but he and Arasili, his uh, little friend who, you know, he saved from those kinds of people in the first issue uh, get attacked by the Lobos um, which is a werewolf brother and sister. Evidently the brother uh, was in a Spider-Man comic at one point with another brother who died. I remember that. That was a spec Spidey story. Yeah, so now the Lobos is the one brother and their sister. Um, They beat the crap out of him and we end on Kane getting eaten by wolves. Seriously. Uh, Great on this one's a B. I thought, you know, usually this is A material, um, but I thought the villains in this issue really weren't the strongest. The portrayal was a little bit shallow, and the art looked just weirdly anime, just on the villains, even though they're Hispanic characters. I felt mm-hmm. the whole time like I was like they were supposed to be Asian, because for some reason just these two looked anime, but they're actually Hispanic, so I really don't understand that art choice. But, um, you know, it's Scarlet Spider, so everything else about the issue was great. You had your usual great art from Koi Pam on everybody else. 
Uh, Chris Yost's usual great characterization, great dialogue, and one hell of a cliffhanger. Um, so yeah, it gets a B. And the tease for the next issue is is pretty serious because it mentions that apparently Kane actually did die, and the tease for the next issue says who is the other. Oh yeah. So it looks like we're getting into some of that totem stuff, except since this isn't a crossover of three different writers with three different ideas, it's just Chris Yost, I feel like it might actually be good. We'll see, though. (laughs) Uh, What else we got? What's your grade on that one? That's a B. All right, cool. Uh, Next up, we got Avenging Spider-Man number 16, which is uh, the second of Chris Yost's run with the Superior Spider-Man, but the first major team-up. Octo Spidey fights a gigantic spider and is joined by Wolverine's X-Men, or as the comic is called, Wolverine and the X-Men. They all fight each other. Spidey beats the spider, which turns into a little girl, and then the jackal is teased as the mastermind, having gotten some new mutant DNA from Mr. Sinister. This one, I'm afraid I've got a grade at a C. As much as I love Chris Yost's writing, and he delivered plenty of good dialogue in the issue, but there's just sadly a lot not to like in this one. Um, For a team-up book, it took way too long with just Spider-Man fighting a huge spider before the X-Men actually showed up. And then we had the hero fight cliche, and while this is Doc Ock as Spider-Man, so it, it makes sense that that would happen, there wasn't really anything new or fresh done with the hero fight. just felt like any other hero on hero misunderstanding. And in the end... I guess we're teasing a longer-term story uh, with the Jackal. Like This is going to be one of those things where we're going to yeah. team up every issue, but the Jackal's going to be a story burning in the background. And he's experimenting with spiders again. So once again, we're calling back to Spider Island, which is pretty much my least favorite Spider-Man story of the past decade or more. That's I, that's something I'm glad that they're doing, a continuing storyline, instead of just done in one like Marvel Team-Up used to do. You know, I and, 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 the, and the Robert Kirkman Marvel Team-Up, the Walking Dead guy, yeah. uh, he had an ongoing uh, storyline, which I enjoyed in the most recent Marvel Team-Up. I'm fine with the idea in general, I just don't want to see Jackal experimenting with spiders again, and the idea that he's gotten mutant DNA Sinister just feels like the Spider-Man and X-Men uh, miniseries by Christos Gage from years ago that ended up giving us the wonderful new character of how the hell do you pronounce him? Zraven or X-Raven or Raven <laughs> or whoever the hell yeah. that was. So it does yeah. feel new, and what they're calling back to is just stuff that I don't like. Uh, the art was great, though. I mean, uh, Paco Medina's doing a really good job. But overall, it was the issue was just a disappointment. I had high hopes for uh, for Yost writing Avenging, and I'm I'm hoping the next issue is better. This just wasn't what I was looking for, so that one gets a C. Okay, uh, last one. Venom number thirty. Your favorite. <sighs> uh, Demo Venom beats the UFOs, and Flash decides to stay in Philadelphia for no particular reason. <laughs> I give this one a D minus. It's still just unbelievably bad. I mean, thankfully... <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting <laughs> you, but damn. <laughs> uh, thankfully, the story with the UFOs wraps up, but um, the end doesn't exactly promise better stuff to come. We've just got Flash talks to symbiote constructs of Valkyrie and Katie about how if he stays in Philadelphia, he'll be all alone, and then he's all depressed about how they're not there, but decides, decides to stay anyway just because... 
Because oh Steve heavens. Blacker wants wants all the all the you know, satellite titles to be someplace outside of New York. <laughs> it's just this is one of those books that if I if I wasn't doing the spider satellite thing, I tried the book and I would have dropped it hard by now. I this it's just not getting better. It's actually getting worse as it goes, which is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. Uh, oh, oh my gosh! All right, I guess an F on that one, Kev. I gave it a D minus. Um, in my notes here, I'm actually I'm trying to remember why it didn't get a straight F. Yeah, I'm not really sure what bumped it up to a D minus. <laughs> there must have been something. It must maybe it was two twenty nine instead of three. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with the grade I gave it because that was the grade I gave right after reading and when I actually took the notes. But yeah, I'm not sure why it's not an F. Wow. It, it, you gave it. You gave him a uh, a half a grade out of pity because you hate this book so much. Or it's a half a point to what's the opposite of grow on? A half a point to regress on. Yes. <laughs> My God. All right. Uh, let's do round the horn recommendations. Chris, what do you got? Oh, man. I, it's, it's kind of the same stuff that I've been recommending before. I don't really have anything new. So I'll just say that as of re- we record this, the Walking Dead TV show is coming back tomorrow. So that it's been a great season so far. So I look forward to more of that. Um, still going slowly through Hickman's Fantastic Four run. Still enjoying that. Um, still going slowly through Peter David's X Factor and still enjoying that. So it's basically just status quo for me. Okay. JR, recommendations. Well, I have to, I have to uh, echo some recommendations you guys were making on the last podcast. Uh, I actually tried Comixology in this last, uh, last month, and I have to say I kind of like it. And as, as I look to downsize certain things that actually might be the wave of the future. Um, I was, uh, my wife was having some tests done at a hospital once, and I'm sitting there. What the hell am I going to do to entertain myself? And well, mm-hmm. beyond conjure up images of Mary Jane Watson, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, then all of a sudden, you know, my 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 I, my phone goes off, you know, because there's a text from Bertone, Bertone saying if you want to if you want to read about Peter Puss rape, uh, read issue number two. And I said, well, shit, why not? So I punch up Comixology, and, you know, within a minute, I got the issue. So, you know, this we this isn't quite the form to go into a, a detail about the pros and cons of it, but uh, it's just a damn shame you still had to spend, spend $4 for a new issue comic book. But uh, yeah. What would it, be the price for a, a digital comic, you think, J.R.? In my honest opinion, no comic yeah. should cost more than $1.99. I'm sorry that to me two bucks for a comic is plenty. And when you have no distri- well, I shouldn't say you have no distribution costs because you do because you have to have the uh, you, you have to have the electronic hardware and the software and the spyware the, the everything to you know that goes with having a, a database. got to get a cut. Marvel's got to get a cut. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's still too much. But it's it's interesting. It's it's worth it's 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 if if you're on the fence about digital comics. Uh, Try it, buy one or two, and see how it goes. Are you digital from now on? Or are you going to be getting? No, I'm not. I'm not digital from now on. I'm, I'm not willing to say that because I, I, um, I still like uh, to get my uh, paper comic books. But I, I'm, the problem is I'm having some real issues with my comic shop for various reasons, and, and it's not all entirely their fault. Uh, it's just some of the reality of the situation. 
situation. I'm getting tired of dealing with them, and uh, this this is becoming a, a more attra- this is becoming a more att- digital is becoming a more attractive alternative all the time. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Zach, recommendations. Um, well, you know, it just ended, but I'm going to recommend that people go back and watch it. Fringe. And I know that's probably I know Kevin's recommended it. I think I've recommended it in the past, but it just it just had a series finale a couple weeks ago. About a month ago actually. And I have thoroughly enjoyed this series. I started picking it up uh during season 3 and watched it season 3, season 4 and now season 5. I loved it. It's a great science if you want good really great network television science fiction watch this series cuz you may not get get it again for a long long time. Um, the other thing I'm going to recommend is, well, I'm going to recommend it, but it's kind of a cautionary recommendation. Um, I have been a guy that likes to tweak and mess with my phone and I'm going to recommend jailbreaking your phone. If you want to do things that on your iPhones, for example, that normally most people can't do. And there's a lot of apps out there that are fantastic things and it promotes a lot of creativity to it. What's an example you can do? Uh, um, for the example, like uh, there's a thing called like Telescreen X, an app that uh, you can t- you can it, with your not- basically it's your notification center on steroids. Like you pull down your notification center, it's got everything there. You pull it down even more, and it's got like a top shelf with your airplane mode, uh, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, all your, all your little widgets right there. Then you slide over to the right, and you've got your Facebook you can look at without even having to go into the app. Twit, slide again, it's your Twitter. Slide again, it's uh, you can establish an RSS feed. And then uh, if you slide to the left in the, from the main screen, then you can slide and see all your emails completely on there without having individually going to the apps. Plus, you can do this from your lock screen because they have a lock screen feature where you can do it to, on that. And it's got like a quick text thing where you can hit the button and you can send a quick text. It's really, really cool. And there's some things out there that, that are superior to the Apple experience. So it's not very hard to do. Um, technically, if you want to do it on your iPad, the uh, forewarned, it is technically illegal because the U.S. Copyright Office says it's illegal for no reason at all because it really doesn't make any sense. That's a whole different thing for a whole different podcast. But anyway, uh, it's, it's, it's perfectly legal to do on your phone. It will void your warranty, so if you want to be able to use your phone and take it to an Apple store to get it fixed – then I don't recommend doing it. But it's it's a cool thing, and I I've I've done it for years, and uh, whenever they come out with it, and and I like to make the tweaks, and I like to mess with things. Yeah. So, any other recommendations, sir? Uh, my final recommendation is uh, going to a place that has good Wi-Fi. My <laughs> <laughs> I can't get Wi-Fi in my bedroom, but at, right next to the door, so I'm literally laying on the ground. So Steve Wacker once said that uh, one of us sounded like we were <laughs> laying down with laying. laying. In our basement or whatever, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. So, Gotta yeah. love it. Good Wi-Fi, jailbreaking, and fringe. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. In a nutshell. Kev, Kev top it. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I've got to recommend the new Netflix original series, House of Cards. I want to watch that. It's on my queue. It is really good. Um, I was nice. kind of skeptical, but... Um, I mean, I shouldn't have been because it stars Kevin Spacey, and I mean, anybody that's ever seen Kevin Spacey in anything knows he's just a damn good actor. Yep. Uh, I think basically, unless the uh, Emmy Awards try to say that because this premiered online, it's not eligible or something, I think they just screwed every other Emmy hopeful in the ass. 
um, <laughs> because this is going to sweep them all. But it's it's a really really engrossing show. Uh, you know, political intrigue at top form. Great acting. Um, the first two episodes are actually directed by David Fincher, uh, oh, wow. nice. who's a producer on the series. Uh, so it's the look is great. Um, I'm eight or nine episodes in out of 13. It's definitely, you know, it was an interesting new format where they put the entire season up uh, on in one day. So it's a TV series that you don't have to wait every week for. Um, but it's definitely, a, I saw somebody somewhere um, noted that it's made for the the marathon format, mm, which I would cool. agree with. It's something you can easily just sit there and keep watching. And Netflix knows who their audience is, and that's who they are. So yeah, uh, it's kind of fascinating lot- that Netflix, without being on TV, has kind of emerged as this major TV power. And I'm really curious to see where that goes and how that might change the landscape, especially because scripted TV has been dying on network TV for so long. Yeah, I think some shows play better. I think 24 plays better in a marathon. I think Lost plays better in a marathon. Yeah, I think there's several shows, really. I've had a couple of different shows where I've started watching them by catching up on DVD, and then I catch up, and it's not as good when I'm watching it weekly. Exactly, I agree. Uh, Anything else, sir? Yeah, I've got to recommend the best new comics I'm reading, um, besides Young Avengers by Gillen and McKelvey, which is obvious. I've mentioned that before it even came out, but that was everything I wanted it to be, and if you're not reading it, then you don't need to be reading comics. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But besides that really obvious one, best new comic books I'm reading is Jonathan Hickman's Avengers and New Avengers. Um, these, my man, I'm glad you liked Fantastic Four by him. Yeah, um, that was actually going to be my next recommendation, echoing Chris. After enjoying his Avengers stuff, um, I had already bought the Secret Warriors omnibus because a couple of those characters are going over into Avengers, and I'm kind of an anal completist. Um, so I read that and just loved it. And after that, and then Brad recommending it so much, I went back and read. Oh yeah, Pink's I like whole Fantastic Four and FF run, and man, that's some good comics. Um, there are a few bumps in the road. I got to admit, like Fantastic Four Volume Two was kind of bad. Um, but after that, man, it is just some of the his storytelling is just on such a huge scale, and yeah. he is juggling so many major things all the time that are just going in and out, but nothing ever gets dropped, um, and everything pays off so well. And it just that was. I've never loved the Fantastic Four like that before. Um, I've tried to get into some Fantastic Four runs, like J. Michael Straczynski. Loved the writer. Didn't really get me into the Fantastic Four. Um, tried Did you ever read the Burn stuff? It's it's interesting. I haven't read a whole lot of the older stuff. Like I've never really been that interested in the Fantastic Four as a unit. Um, right. But man, did Hickman do it right. He did exactly what he should have done. And now he's bringing that huge scale and that just epic feel to Avengers and New Avengers, yeah. and it's magic, man. Um, mm-hmm. And people that are just reading Avengers really need to check out New Avengers. <laughs> because that's... You know, I didn't like the first issue, but I liked the second one a lot. I've heard a lot of people have problems with the first issue of New Avengers, yeah. and I don't know why, because I really didn't. <laughs> I I, I dug that it was. it was you know we built up Black Panther as so badass and then he runs into this you know there's another Earth in the sky he runs into this woman who gives you know one of those great and sort of huge statement Jonathan Hickman lines what would you do if I told you I was here to kill a world and <laughs> then Black Panther tries to stop her and gets his ass stomped. Yeah. And after that, he realizes he has to reform the Illuminati. This is the basis for the New Avengers series. That was issue one. I loved it. 
Um, and when, then, when you sum it up like that, that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I, you know you sometimes you read something when you're just not in the right mind frame. Maybe that was me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and uh, issue four of Avengers, which was the uh, origin of Hyperion. Yeah. Field, uh where these two series are going to connect because the idea for New Avengers of Earths getting too close to each other and destroying entire universes uh, was brought up in Hyperion's origin. And the other interesting thing to me is they just announced uh, Free Comic Book Day. Jonathan Hickman and Jim Chung have something coming out called Infinity, which has Thanos on the cover, which looks like, obviously, the beginning of a new event. And it should be noted that in New Avengers, the Illuminati are talking about putting the Infinity Gems back together. Right. So I'm thinking that event is going to come out of New Avengers, too. Did you ever read Infinity Gauntlet back in the day? That was good. Um, That's Jim Starlin and and George Perez and Ron Lim. I just Infinity Gauntlet, and I didn't think it was great. I just thought it was okay, actually. Well, maybe maybe I should read it with my 38-year-old eyes, because I read it back in 1990 when it came back and freaking loved it. It's, <laughs> it's been that long since I've read it. But <laughs> where all the damage that's done is magically put back in place at the end, and I think that just kind of makes it a little weaker. Yeah. But yeah, in general, I'd say I think a lot of people are probably already reading Avengers and know how good that is, but if you're not reading New Avengers, put that on your list. And frankly, the best three new comics I'm reading right now, maybe the best three comics total... All have Avengers in the title. Avengers, New Avengers, and Young Avengers. Did nice. Oh. All right. Any other recommendations, sir? I think I'm good. All right. I've got uh, how many do I have? Let me look at here. Four. <laughs> I've got four: a video game, a book, a trade, and a movie. The movie Silver Linings Playbook with Bradley Cooper. And what's her name? Mystique. Jennifer uh, Lawrence. Who is so Jennifer fun. Lawrence? Hubba hubba. Hubba hubba. Uh, yeah, the great book. I mean, a great, great movie. <laughs> I don't know if it's a book. It is a book. Um, if you want to see some good acting by De Niro and Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, I held the whole cast. Just uh, there's a reason that one is nominated for an Academy Award. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh, I mean, like I say, I work at a movie theater right now, and I swear to God, Silver Linings Playbook is the only good movie we have right now. Did you, you like? You liked it? I liked it a lot. Yeah, I thought it was very good, and I thought it was De Niro's first really good performance in years. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, let's see. Video game. It's I've had it for a year plus and just now getting through it a little bit. I, I'm I'm the opposite of Spencer. I, I take months <laughs> to get through video games. And, and uh, Uncharted 3 for the PlayStation 3, all the Uncharted games are really good. They're like Indiana Jones-ish that you go and, and explore. The graphics are amazing. You can. I saw this game is now 20 bucks. It's on the cheap bin. If you want to get Uncharted 3. Uh, playing off a little what Chris said, I uh, also just got in the mail yesterday The Walking Dead Trade Number 17. That one reprints like five, four or five issues. It also includes the issue number 100, uh, where there's something big happens. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm trade waiting Walking Dead. I don't think I could read issue by issue. I enjoy reading in a big lump sum. That took me about, I'd say, about an hour to read that book. Just a real, I love The Walking Dead. And also, I'm looking forward to it premiering, coming back on the last half of its third season. Also, in my Amazon box I got yesterday, I, uh, along with The Walking Dead trade, I got uh, a prose book called Marvel, The Untold Story by Sean Howe. 
That, I'm about 50 pages into it, and it's very fascinating. It's basically the guy interviewed 150 people that worked at Marvel and tried to to go through the history of the company. I mean, it, it starts with Stan Lee sitting at his desk, and he doesn't know what to do. And uh, comics are failing, etc. And uh, I learned some interesting things about it. Who knew that Steve Ditko shared a room with a, a, a fetish artist <laughs> when he was in his 30s? I thought wow. that was very strange. Well, uh, you know, I love those type of like behind-the-scenes things. That's why I, I like Life of Riley so much. Is that it gets you in the head, and when you're reading the books as they're you know as you're as you're reading along with Life of Riley, it's it's such a Holy crap! That's why they did this. That's why they did that, and all that jazz. It's it's, it's that's a fun fun experience. And Martin Goodman was the one that uh, had Timely and also uh, eventually Marvel, and um, I, the, the sales were diminishing, etc. And it was up to Stanley to fire a bunch of people, and because the sales were so bad, and they also had a back vault of uh, art that was drawn, etc. That he was like, well, just go off of that stuff and fire a whole bunch of these artists. And one of the stories is about how John Romita told his wife, because Stan evidently, a lot of these people mailed stuff in, and etc. And John Romita allegedly said to his wife, if that Stan Lee guy calls, tell him to go to hell if he tries to fire me on the phone. This is back pre-Fantastic 4-1, and it's just fascinating. I'm 50 pages into it. I'm really digging the book. Again, it's Marvel, The Untold Story by Sean Howe. After I'm done with this book, I'm going to email the guy and see if we can get him on, on the show. He, I think he'd be a fascinating interview about how he went through 150 interviews to get, write this book. And he also even got a letter from Steve Ditko about how he's not interested in talking to the guy. So <laughs> I, Ditko I, likes I, to I, do that. Because if you go on the Facebook page and you type in Marvel, The Untold Story... Uh, he posts pictures on his Facebook page of just rare Marvel stuff, and he took he took a picture of Steve Ditko's rejection letter to him. <laughs> he was like, "Ditko wrote me." And that's a wrap for the February shows, gang. Before we go, I want to give another shout out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. An example of their great prices is on Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number 22. In this one, the Venom Wars come to a conclusion as Miles goes up against Venom for this final showdown. And how does Gwen Stacy figure into all this? Well, we have to read the issue to find out. But the cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com. We'll do it all again in March.